Hello, I'm Underproved. And I'm a bit crusty. And we're the Sticky Bun Boys. Right, I'm gonna get the apology in early, okay? Coming up are some truly horrific bread puns. And because I'm writing the script, I've given them to you to say. <sighs> Dear listener, you should become an only flan because I want baguette to know you better. David, that's not even a pun. Well, it's loose, I know, but that can't always be helped. Okay, okay. Another reason, dear listeners, to join our OnlyFans, if you're predicted to us. David, we have some sort of standards to upkeep here. And they are low. Come on, the last one is best. We love you, dear listeners, and donut what to do without you. I'm so sorry you all had to hear that. It's worse for me, though, as I have to look at David's proud little smiley face while he does it. Let's get on with the episode. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The fact whenever I write these episodes, I actually come up with these puns myself and you Googled them and they were as appalling as donut what to do without you. I'm not very good with puns. I did think of the other two, though, that were actually not even puns. They were so bad. No, that predict- predicted <laughs> to us. You should Baget- be ashamed of yourself. Baguette to know you. <laughs> I thought you were going to go much more down like the faggot kind of route, but no. 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 Next Maybe time. I should just take the scripts back off you again. Well, we've got next bread week. I'm enjoying the scripts, actually. They take me a long time, but I enjoy doing them. Are the listeners enjoying them? That's the main thing. Oh, they enjoy everything we do, Michael. Right. So this week for Series 5, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Series 5 is Bread Week. So for the signature, they were making 12 right royal rye rolls. That's quite hard to say. Right royal rye rolls. She mm. sure? Uh, three and a half hours. So rye is a bit harder to work with because it's got less gluten. Talking of hard to work with, what did you think, David? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Michael. Um, Yeah, right, it kind of spreads out. It's not... And also, there's only one person who actually used sourdough. And without getting into all the science, you can look it up. But sourdough, the acid in the sourdough makes rye better to work with. So that makes... Yeah. There's something that gets broken down with the heat normally. But with rye, it doesn't. But the acid in sourdough breaks it down. Oh. But you don't want it to break down any further, do you? You want it to be... No, it breaks it down so so that the gluten can work better. So sure. it's just like, if you you know when you get a, a rye sourdough loaf, it's actually quite nice textured. Yeah. And then you try and make rye just without sourdough and it goes just that really stodgy. Is rye what's in like pumpernickel? Yes, that's slightly different though because that is a real, that's 100% rye done in a really wet 
mix. But is that why it's always so square? Because it's just basically bit baked in a tin. Yeah, a Pullman tin. Sure, a Pullman tin, a Philip Pullman tin. <laughs> yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> Author of Northern Lights. Do you know what's most upsetting about this episode? Was that Chetna was wearing bright red trousers with orange converse. She's a fashion designer, isn't she? And it was a bit... Yeah, what mm. kind of fashion was she designing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not... Maybe it's good she's moved to food now. Maybe she's colorblind. <laughs> Who stood out for you for this challenge? Right. I'm oh, no, to... stop. What would you have done? Play this thing. Ooh, what would you do? I don't remember what that thing sounds like. <laughs> I don't remember either. <laughs> when we listen back now, we'll know. Um, I would have done rye with carrot. If you, if you grate carrot into rye bread, it gives a really nice little sweetness, but it also makes it kind of moist and it's just really, really nice. Sure. I think I would have tried to do like mini pumpernickel. Oh, that's hard in that time. Surely? Is it? Is it? Really? Yeah. Just like make little loaf tins, mini loaf tins. Yeah, but they take ages to cook. But anyway, we don't have to be, we don't have to be constrained by the time we say what we're going to do. Yes. But who did you like? Who were, who did stand out for you? Now, Louis. I love Louis. Louis, Louis Theroux. Louis Theroux. He did an opposite subtract. He did, he went further than everyone else because he did two different doughs mm-hmm. and kind of mixed them together in a really clever way of putting them together as well. I liked them. But he did fennel and parsnip, which I know you don't like fennel, but I do. And then this carrot, coffee and chocolatey one. It all sounded weird. But even Paul, who has no taste at all, <laughs> said it was actually really good and it was a lovely flavour. There was a handshake. Oh, there was a handshake. Do we have a klaxon still? Handshake. I didn't like the sound of in the slightest. And also the way that they were made made them look a bit like fingers being wrapped around a sausage. Yeah, I thought they were like a hot dog sausage in the middle. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't convinced by that one. The one that stood out to me, can you guess which one it was? Is it Chetna? No. Oh. Did someone do anything with um cardamom? Yeah, Kate did orange and cardamom knots. Um, so she did two types of dough as well, but she did a light rye and a dark rye and then knotted them together and glazed them with orange syrup. And they looked absolutely pristine. Like the flavours are perfect. The bake was brilliant. I thought she really aced it this week. Yeah, they did look really good. I also liked the idea of Ian's with the cranberry and walnut because he did add the sourdough, mm. but also cranberry and walnut go really well together. But realistically, in three and a half hours, whenever someone adds sourdough, I'm like, well, it's not really going to do much. You're not really get, even going to get much of the flavour, really, are you? No, that's the thing with rye. It will just help break it down, the sure. horrible gluten. But I have to say, I did find all of these... As a challenge, it was a little bit dull. It was kind of a bit a beige challenge. It was very beige. Apart from... I was a bit confused by Diana's muffin top ones that she'd made... <laughs> you know, know those ones they kind of they, they kind of grew out and they had like a weird muffin top lid around the edges of them yeah it was a bit strange and she also chose to add her cheese filling before the first rise which is never necessarily the smartest move who stood out to you for the wrong reasons it probably was diana because also then she put this kind of buttery thing on top that kind mm. of went all crusty and not in a nice way yeah i did think i liked the ideas of normans but again they were just a little for ev- everyone was going simple here and he still managed to stand out for going too simple what do you mean he put sultanas in them <laughs> he put there sultanas, sultanas in there exotic exotic indeed um let's move on to the technical uh because that was a slightly Ooh, boring challenge you you keep on missing out bb don't you i'm over bb these days do you know what also found out that the people in the us don't get bb as in as in on the Bake Off. Okay, sure. I was like, I've seen the films. I think they do. <laughs> I'm sure they do, yeah. <laughs> because when, the, when they went to... And also, this was the first series that went to America, season five. Oh, so this, okay. was, this was season one in America. And this one, I'm saying all this as if I 100% know this, and the, everyone's going to be shouting at the radio. This isn't on a radio. They listen to the radio, yes. <laughs> shouting at the radio, <laughs> saying that I'm wrong. But apparently, this was the first one in America, and they didn't have BB because there's longer advert breaks. Like in the, This was BBC, oh. so there was no advert breaks. So they don't get to watch any BB. BB is also in the same segment always. So it's always at the end of the signature before the technical in this series. I wrote down 
spices fell in price and they started using them in breads that were called wigs. Yeah, it was really boring. It was a really boring. Spices used to be really expensive and then they got cheaper and they put them in bread. Um, so, the technical then, they had to make four ciabattas in three hours, which I thought was a really, really good challenge. Good challenge. Perfect, perfect. Didn't look that perfect. Did not look that perfect in the slightest, to be honest. They they looked nice, as in like the shape of them, but they had quite tight. They looked like holes. the ones you get in Costa. Exactly. You want actually much bigger gaping holes. You want a gaping hole in there, and that's all to do with how loose your mixture is, isn't it? it is the loose, yeah. the looser, the better. And how long you've left it. Like if you keep on playing with it, then you're kind of knocking the air out. Mm. If you've kind of left it for a long time, you get big loose holes. <laughs> that's what you all want. Paul said to be patient which I think was actually quite good advice this week. Normally, the advice they give is completely irrelevant to whatever they're doing. But for ciabatta dough, you do want it to be... You want you want to give it as much time as you can so that it can get as many bubbles in it as you possibly can. Apparently, they said in the voiceover, that they the Italian people, as a collective, developed ciabatta in response to baguettes. Oh, did they? So that they were like, we don't, like, we don't want your baguettes. We're going to make our own baguettes. And they made ciabattas instead. Because they are quite similar, but baguettes are much crustier. Basically, it's like a, it's a nationalistic nationalism. What's the BNP? Yeah, na- nationalists. Yeah, yeah, they were nationalists at the time. Yeah. So Martha, when she was making hers, had a sticky trail, which she thought was quite good. <laughs> do, do, you, do you aim for a sticky trail when you make ciabattas? Only when I make ciabattas. No other time do I want a sticky trail. <laughs> well, I've heard different from you. <laughs> the, the trails you leave around London as you move around. Um, Chetna left hers to prove on the floor in the sun. <laughs> which I actually thought was quite a good idea because it said to prove at room temperature and half of the bakers put it into the proving drawer, which is not room temperature by definition. But she was like doing room temperature plus. I thought that was a good good move. Good, apart from the fact if they said room temperature, it's still, surely that would still then be the temperature of the proving drawer if it's in the, in the bright sun. Well, no, the proving drawer is always warmer than room temperature. That's why it exists. Yeah, but in the straight in the sun. If you sit in the sun in a window, you can get very, very hot. Well, joke was on her because it started to rain in about 10 minutes <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> um, what I found interesting was the shaping of the ciabattas. So lots of them panicked and just didn't shape it and just left it in like a sloppy rectangle. <laughs> yeah, which then, because the whole point is, it's really hard with ciabatta to get any kind of rise because in the shaping, you kind of hold it together so it actually can go up a little bit. It's always going to spread a bit. So if you just leave it already spread, it's just going to go further. Yeah, if you leave it not unspread, it's more for catcher vibes. But you're looking yeah. at uh, like a log and some of them did oil like anyone that's eaten the ciabatta knows that it. it's quite flour dusted mm. and that's because you have to put so much flour on while you're doing the shaping and so people were getting very confused with the semolina and the oil and the flour and i wondered yeah. whether this was because it wasn't as well known when was this filmed this was not that long ago okay we had ciabatta why did louis have a spoon he had a teaspoon in his tray when he was baking just like sticking out the side of it. Maybe he just forgot. This is Louis. That must be something technical. He's very like that, isn't he? Like he's he's not he's not got much warmth coming through at the moment. No, um, and I'd forgotten how technical he is. It, every single thing he does is neat and tidy and precise. And yeah, yeah, quite it, Giuseppe vibes. But Giuseppe, I think I feel like what we're getting from Louis this series, and perhaps it's not showing it to us, and that's probably most likely. We're not getting a lot of personality. No, because to me, the technician side of him is verging on a bit too much competitive yeah a bit too much like i have to have it perfect because i need to win whereas nancy has all that knowledge but is also like answering back to the judges like in the tech in the signature they kind of slagged something off and she just answered back to paul for every single thing that he said i, I loved that. had i remembered that she was a bit sassy i had not realized how sassy she was really sassy right let's get to the judging then overall they all looked a bit like pitta breads but norman had a good length which is nice to see 10th was jordan ninth was ian eighth was chetna Third was Martha, second was Louis, and first was Kate. 
I felt like at this point, Kate was going to win the whole episode. Yeah, it felt... she'd smashed it all out of the park. First day, very, very good. And we should also do a shout out to Martha for the youngest ever baker in a tent. She's always up there in the technicals, always doing well. And also, I didn't realise until, I think it was this week, she's doing her exams. Like, this is literally her A-levels. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Um, So the showstopper then was a bread centrepiece, which had to be a filled loaf in four hours. What did you think? I remember this one. This is the series. I'm remembering just about everything as it's coming up. I, with this one, I remembered Louise. What is it? The Roscon de Ray. That was mispronounced there. Yeah, do you know that's why our cat's called Ray? Because it's... of the red? <laughs> no, because that means king. Oh, because... <laughs> you just really loved that centerpiece. <laughs> <laughs> just lo- loved Louis' bread centerpiece and remember it forever. I named my cat after it. No, because Nick wanted to name our cat Ray, R A Y. And in my head, that's like someone that smokes and plays darts, an old man. Oh, yes. And then I found out that Ray means king in Spanish, spelled R-E-Y. So that's why we called him Ray. Oh, I see. Well, look at that. But his looked so good. Also, I love saffron. He had saffron in his bread, which is so fragrant and lovely. But it looked so special. Like, his technicality on this one did look very pretty. I don't remember any of these particularly from when I watched it. Maybe I just didn't watch this episode. I mean, I think his looked really beautiful. He had like the wee nips in the top as well. So it like kind of looked like a crown all the way around. Like he yes. cut it with scissors. Who else stood out to you? Richard's tear and share. Ooh, I yeah. would tear and share. So that, that was a pinwheel tear and share with pesto, feta and walnuts. So neat. Mm-hmm. So, so neat. It just sounded so good and looked delicious when they were eating it. The main person who stood out to me was Norman. Uh, so Norman was going exotic <laughs> today uh, because he was making a white picnic loaf. <laughs> In which he had put unseasoned chicken and <laughs> pesto. So the pesto brought about Norman's most iconic line to me. Whenever I think of Norman, this is what I think of. And here it is, courtesy of a conversation he had with the glorious Sue Perkins. Now, I sense that um, I think Mr. He's... Hollywood has irked you somewhat. Not at all. He <laughs> did say my uh, rolls were a bit bland. For me, this is very exotic. You know, pesto. <laughs> You know, pesto. <laughs> Despite the exotic pesto, gorgeous Norman, it didn't look very exciting, and it was raw. It was very raw. At the bottom. At the bottom. Yeah, the raw bottom. That'll be the unseasoned chicken for you. <laughs> uh, Martha, bless her. Martha, right from the start of hers, the idea sounded really good. She encased an epoise cheese, which is very smelly, mm. in some bread, and it was kind of like a dipping camembert type situation, because then she had these petals of a sunflower. She had about six petals, these massive, very yeah. big, clumsy petals. And hers was, she had a raw bottom as well. Had, but I was confused by this because generally when you bake your bake, there's like then like three hours before you then do the judging. But the cheese in the middle of hers was still runny when they cut into it. So did they reheat hers so that her cheese would be runny? Yeah, maybe they did actually. But then that would really affect the bread as well. Unless they made her go first. And then I couldn't quite work out how the cheese was runny because the poisse isn't runny on its own is it no maybe because it was encased in bread it held onto its not for three hours no that's not a very good insulated i reckon they must have let her whack it in the oven again for like 10 minutes and then brought it out again so it had a bit of a runny runny middle jordan shall we talk about jordan (laughs) jordan so he was doing a strawberry and raspberry cheesecake brioche because he realized that the worst thing to do is to add moisture to the middle of a cake (laughs) So he chose the two wettest fruits and then a literal liquid cheese to put into it. And the like the wettest bread. Like it's just full of eggs and butter. It's hard enough to get brioche working anyway. It, when he cut into it, you could. Li- it was just slop in the center. It was awful. <laughs> so we talk about, because doing a pinwheel, somewhat, I know an expert at pinwheels. His name is Michael. Thank you. Um, winner, award-winning pinwheeler. <laughs> so Michael's pinwheel looked like Richard's, like so perfect and twisted. When he was twisting, and he was even saying, oh, it looks sloppy now, but it's fine later. It, it, it sorts itself out in the <laughs> oven, does it? 
no by a touch of god so i found really interesting i feel like we can be a bit harsher not harsher just clearer when people have when it's from the past jordan complained a lot about bake-off after bake-off we spoke about this on our only plans before about how there wasn't enough time to do things and that the producers were distracting and that was why his bakes didn't work and i was like darling that's not why your bakes didn't work that for this one this would never have worked i do wonder some people you know when you have someone's cake or someone's bread and they think it's done, but it's actually underbaked. Some people like that kind of very doughiness, but for bread, no. No, not at all. I did want to do an honorable mention for Kate. So she was doing a prosciutto, olive and coriander bread, which sounded gorgeous. And the plating was beautiful. It looked stunning. And as soon as it came out the oven, I was like, great. She has won this week. Brilliant. Fab. And then they cut into it and the middle was completely raw. It was very big. To, to get that baked in time, it was very big. Michael. It, was, it, was, it was too big. We're but, not um, size queens, but that was big. That was big. So therefore, Louis came through and won the episode. And sadly, Jordan, with his little raw middle left the tent i thought jordan got further this is my memory i of thought this... he i thought he got less far i thought he went week one so i was confused and everyone else kept going i think it's because i remember him as a character more than some of the ones that i thought that he actually got further well that's a nice way to finish the episode isn't it it just goes to show you don't get very far in life if you try to cram too much in and you're a bit sloppy it's true you don't have to give us it all at once jordan save some for another day i mean you don't have to give it to us at all to be fair yeah i'm happy you're just giving it to paul <laughs> talking of giving it to us let's see what luke's got he says that he is sure that we're gonna like his taste test which is that the best toast topping is banana and mayo okay everyone what do you think is luke giving or is it jail 
I do banana and butter with a bit of salt. Oh yeah, actually, as soon as I read it, I thought oh, that sounds disgusting. But actually, like a lovely sandwich is like a wholemeal bread, a bit toasted but not brown. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's got it's got a crust on it um, with butter, bit of salt, sliced banana. And then the same backwards to make the sandwich. That is like pristine breakfast of gods. So I like that. I like the idea of that. So if you just put mayo as like a, a I think I was picturing like mayo being as squirted on top and quite thick. No, I think I think basically if you just replace the mayo with a butter. Also, I found that is it called QP, the mayo from Japan that's made only with egg yolks. It is delicious. I will have that. It's really expensive. Never heard of that. Oh, it's the best mayonnaise you'll ever eat. I'll bring you some next week. No, you won't. <laughs> Right. Have you got a disaster this week? I've had a lovely week this week. You, you, every single week says you, yes, I do have a disaster of the week. Let's play this thing. Disaster of the week. Ah! So I went to meet a gentleman friend of mine. A ge- was he gentle? Uh, he was gentile, yes. <laughs> I went to meet a gentleman friend of mine who was staying in a hotel in Soho. I do know him prior to this, although no judgment to those who just find people and go and see them randomly. But I was like, do you know what? Let's go and have a bit of fun, sure. Is he a non-Londoner then? He's visiting London. Yeah, he's an Edinburghian. Edinburgh. Oh, I don't like that at all. And Edinburgh. He's from Edinburgh. And he was in a hotel and I was like, cool, I'll go and see you. Fine, fine, fine. Had a couple of drinks and we were like, yeah, do you know what? Let's let's go and have a little bit of fun. But the way it was going to work was that I was going to need to douche. And I was in the centre of London and was unable... To, I wasn't going to travel an hour home and an hour back in for that. Like, once I get home, I'm going to bed. That's it. I'll they put... should have douching cubicles, shouldn't they, in London? Oh, did you hear about that festival where they did that? No. There was a douching station. Yeah. Like, there was a do- no, but it didn't work at all because they were like... It was. It got covered in shit. Oh. <laughs> and they had to close it down. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that being a little bit dirtier than toilets. Yeah, awful, awful. Um, well, I had to use... A we- there was like this weird hotel room where there was the bed... And then a glass wall which touched the bottom of the bed, which kind of separated the bathroom from the bedroom. So basically, it was like a shower and a toilet in the in the room, essentially one of those cheap ones. I mean, yes, yeah, central Soho, a hotel in Soho, you can have Literally. a small room. Um, and it was like a cupboard. It was like having to douche in a cupboard. I sent him away. I was like, you need to go into a different room because I'm not just having you looking at me through this glass window. Wait, what other room did he have? He was in a hotel. <laughs> I sent him out into the street. I was like, off you go, <laughs> go have a wander. <laughs> Be a tourist. There's lovely things to see. Go to Chinatown. Lovely, lovely ramen. Like the way it was like, there's like a frosted glass bit that only went to your head. Do you know what I mean? Like it goes to your neck. So it frosts down to your head. And I'm not having him look me in the eye (laughs) while I try to douche in this smallest cupboard of all time. And then it took 30 minutes because I was basically, it was like a a phone booth. Like there was no room to kind of turn around. You could barely bend over in there. I'm kind of picturing you trying to douche on a plane toilet or something. Do you know what? Not dissimilar. I've never showered on a plane, but I imagine it being very similar. It's not really a disaster because it was very successful. Thank you for asking. Um, well, the douching was successful. Yes, clean as a whistle. But um, <laughs> whistle. is a whistle clean? <laughs> I think do we so. say that? Well, if you blow an unclean whistle, it's not going to be very nice. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so Michael was as clean as a whistle. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that's one of, the, one of the best things you've ever said. But yeah, it was, it was a, I felt like it was a disaster because it took so much longer than it normally should. It was a disaster followed by a non-disaster. Exactly that. How long would you say it should take? To douche? Yeah. Well, you don't anymore, do you? 10 minutes, probably. Yeah, I think 10, 15 is your tops. It took me about 30 <laughs> and I was a bit, what? You must be quite tired at the end of douche. That long. <laughs> I just laid down. I was like, you could, you could take it from here. You've got enough energy left. You may come back to your hotel room now. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's see if anyone else has got any stories that meet Michael. Why is it literally just me every week? I think some of my disasters are like non-shareable and then other ones I've just I'm not doing very much. I don't have many disasters. I'm just ever so busy. Right. The first message in the inbox comes from Joe. 
And he wrote, cup of joe. Is that Hi. coffee? A cup of joe. Why do they call it coffee joe in America? Don't know. Someone tell us, please. Hi, David and Michael. Hello from Chicago. Chicago. I love the podcast and tell everyone I know to listen. Well, they don't listen to you, do they? We need more followers. I'm writing because my partner and I have an upcoming vacation plan to Italy. We've traveled a lot internationally together, but this time we've decided to take both our mothers along with us on the trip. Do you have any advice for how we can stake our claim for one-on-one time before we head out on the trip? Thanks, Joe. P.S. Our mums just met for the first time in December, even though my partner and I have been together almost 10 years. Oh, congratulations on your mum's meeting. That's lovely. The meeting bit? Why have you invited them on holiday? I like going on holiday with my parents. Maybe not with a partner, though. No, but this this is this... I think this is quite strange, because it's like, if you're also going to do it, don't go to Italy. Just do like a weekend together locally first. Yeah, I think, because I went on a big family holiday with my parents and my brothers and their partners... But that was like a big family thing. And that was like a family trip as a big group. Yeah, just... I mean, to be honest, if you get on well, I always think this is actually like an ick for me is when you... Well, not really an ick, but when you go on holiday and people think they have to do every single thing together all yeah. the time. Yeah, so I was in Amsterdam quite recently and it was a group of friends, like five or six of us. And like, we kept just like being like, I don't want to go to that, I don't want to go to that. So we were just going to do something else and regroup in three hours. And it was really nice because it felt quite growing up and being like, well, let's... Well, you want to do that. I don't. So I'll go do something else that you don't want to do. And we'll kind of come back together for dinner or something. And that was much nicer as a vibe. Michael just ate hash brownies. That's all he did. <laughs> it wasn't the brownies. <laughs> very, very lovely. Where's the sample, I will say, in Amsterdam. Do you know about the blue light district, by the way? Yeah. yeah. I had never heard about that. I also didn't realise the red light district was the red light district until <laughs> someone pointed it out. And I was like, that explains the breasts. Also, you say Amsterdam instead of Amsterdam. 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 I can't think about it anymore. Anyway, do you think, what what advice would you give? I think, I mean... By one-on-one time, do they mean sex, just for clarity? I think so, Okay, yeah. sure, fine. But also not sex, it's important. Mean, wait, they're not all sharing a room, are they? That would be even stranger if all four of them are in a room. But then who shares? Do the mums share? Oh, yeah. And if they've only just met in December, is it like one room for the mums and one room for the boys? Or is it like mum and boy? Or do they swap boys? <laughs> So they put their keys in a, in a bowl and just go for it. Because having three rooms, that's too expensive. Especially if you, you don't know how, You don't know how they, what their means are. They're from Chicago, as you said. They're from Chicago. <laughs> and they are going to Italy. That is an expensive I trip. would say, like, maybe maybe put put together like a list of places you'd like to see and like to do. And be like, which, which ones are you interested in? I think that partner and I um, are keen to have a couple of trips on our own to be romantic. Something, something. Yeah. And then, like, hotel. if you're not sharing a room, you can just have sex later. So it's fine. Yeah, just make and sure you've got a bigger um, shower than one just at the end of the bed. Maybe actually, from reading that again, it probably is. Yeah, maybe it probably <laughs> isn't finally getting thing. that. Maybe it's the maybe it is more than just actually doing activities because, like you say, it is when there's only four people. Like it's easier when it's bigger groups because it's easier to say like, okay, some people do this, some people do this. When it's four, and also if you're like going off together and they're just leaving these two mums that don't know each other, but they have to get to know each other. Why else are they going on this holiday? And also, just say something like, "We want to have like a little romantic trip to do X, Y, Z." Is that going to be all right with you guys? And they'll, they can't say no. Or just run. They put it on how to use Google Maps, the mums. <laughs> right, the next one is from Jenny. Hello, boyos. I've never been called a boyo before. I wonder what country they're from. When baking with dried fruits, such as hot cross buns, how do you prevent the outer fruit from burning in the oven? Thanks for the podcast. I discovered it in the wilderness period after Christmas, and it has been ever so lovely to listen to, although the innuendos do alienate lesbians like me. Smiley face. That's felt passive-aggressive in your <laughs> smiley face. <laughs> Cheers, Red Velvet. P.S. Stop the Red Velvet cake slander. They really don't like us. I think maybe we do need to make some more lesbian innuendos. So let's make an effort for that. I don't know. Then we have to, Let's do some research. Well, just like it's just vaginas rather than dicks, really, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's <all> just... 
It's quite simple. <laughs> I bet there's more. I bet there's more to it. Tell you what, Jenny, can you write in with some of your um, favourite lesbian innuendos? And oh, we can, good, yes. And we can try and work out what we think they mean. That would be great, actually. And thank you for saying ever so, because Alex winced as he heard it, and that was really nice for me. And any other lesbians out there, if you want to send us some lesbian innuendos and see if we can guess them. I'd love that. God, what a I love fun lesbian. game. Did you know that, they, that lesbians are the first letter in LGBT because of the fact that during the AIDS epidemic, lots of lesbians were the people who looked after gay and bi men who were struggling with and suffering from AIDS. And so as a, as a mark of recognition for all of their support, L came first in LGBT. I love that. Isn't that a nice fact? This podcast has just meant something just because you get that one fact. That's and also, it. stop preventing the outer fruit from burning because I like the burnt outer fruit. That's part of the best bit. I was going to say the same thing. If it gets really, really black, maybe not. But Ruby Tando did do that thing where she encased her loaf she, like, with she a little thin separate, layer. She kept a separate bit of dough, rolled that out and put it on top. Who can be asked? That would be ridiculous for little hot cross buns. Also, once you've done it, you can just pick them off and just kind of tuck them underneath. Or when you're rolling them, just like keep rolling it until the dough covers the, ball, covers the balls of fruit. Keep rolling till you cover the balls. <laughs> right. Next one is from Tammy. Hello, Sticky Bomb Boys. Q. How often do y'all eat or find hair in your bakes? I'm always amazed at how the hair is flowing in the tent when my hair sneaks into my cooking, even when it's tied back. Thanks. I... Well, we've got short hair. Yeah, but then it did make me think because you're on TV, you want to look good, you haven't got a hair nets in. Like, mm. probably people's hair is in the bakes. But also when people bake at home, it's worse in their bakes than hair. Like, you go to the toilet without washing your hands. Shh. <laughs> Just don't, at this know. <laughs> someone stopped listening to the podcast because of that. Really? Yes. They actually wrote. A, they actually wrote a review. Did they actually? Yeah. That's hilarious. I don't. I don't often find hair in my bakes. No, I don't. But the cat's also banned from that surface, so she doesn't. She never goes up there, really. I think I just don't notice because we've got our dog is quite multi and I yeah. don't even notice the dog has. I literally walk into your into your house and I'm just covered from head to toe. And... Yeah, well, not so much the winter. He's quite good in the winter. The thing about hair is I actually don't mind if it would be kind of like hour length hair. It's not the worst thing. It's when it's a long hair and you start pulling and, and it, it keeps, keeps on going. going and you're feeling this feeling in your mouth as it keeps on tangling <clears throat> around your tongue and oh no. So tell me about the time my friend found a caterpillar in a lettuce that they would get sent from Sainsbury's. Oh no. Yeah, they went, they went viral and got lots of money for it. Oh wow. That's a story for another day. My friend got, she used to get this baking from this old woman who lived next door and one time she got a Bakewell slice and she bit into it and she thought she had a bit of <laughs> chewy bit of like almond from the top or something it was one of her fingernails like as she took it out of her mouth and it was like a big yellow cut fingernail and she can never ever in fact if you mention the story she almost is sick each time she's one of those people that's kind of uber clean and she can never eat Bakewell slice ever again well that's a good place to stop the episode because I need to go and be sick Oh, I'm a little bit sad we've come to the end of this week. Well, as always, next week, we're never stopping, David. As long as our beautiful listeners continue to tune in, we'll continue to give our unsolicited opinions. And our solicited opinions, too. I love reading the Bakers from past series, but I also love it when our listeners send in their stories and questions so that we can provide our sage advice to them. Something we're ever so qualified to do. I've got my level two food hygiene certificate, and you've got an expedition medic qualification. So basically, we're covering all the bases. That's right. Send it all in to stickybumboys at gmail.com or at stickybumboys. And we will see you next week with possibly the most infamous Bake Off episode that ever there was. Get ready, people. And always, keep keep them sticky. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.